What's important to remember is that small and big is relative in relating, right? Because for someone, it might be like, okay, they forgot the milk. Again, for someone else, it might be like, oh, my, my dad always used to forget the milk and he, you know, was abusive and cheated and left my mom and abused us as a kid. Now, that piece around forgetting the milk is actually bringing up a much deeper experience for that person. Now, this is of course just a hypothetical example, but what's the lesson here is to remember that trust is very relative. And this is why it's so subtle and so nuanced and why I think it's such an important conversation for anyone who's in relationship to have. Welcome to the Embodied Relationship Podcast with Brady Mack. Here, I provide valuable insights on conscious love and transformative embodiment practices to guide you to create a thriving, harmonious family life. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brady Mack. Today's show is all about trust. Now, I find trust to be one of the most interesting topics in relationship, and here's why. Trust isn't something that we can take a box and say, yes, I do or I don't trust you. Trust is something that's earned over a longer period of time, and it has many subtleties and nuances. And to really understand when we trust someone, we have to look into our body, into our mind, into our emotions, and into our hearts. And for us to really get to the place of trusting someone or to get to the place of someone else trusting us, it takes a lot of work. But luckily for you, I have 10 tips to create trust in your relationship. And I'm going to share those with you today. Now, at some point in your relationship, likely some sort of trust was broken. And this might have been something really big, maybe like a cheating spouse, or maybe you were the person who was cheating, or maybe it was um, something small, like every time you you know run to the grocery store, you forget to get the, the oat milk, <laughs> and um, that breaks trust in your ability to you know provide groceries for the family in, in a stable way. And I said a moment ago that that was maybe a smaller example. But what's important to remember is that small and big is relative in relating, right? Because for someone, it might be like, okay, they forgot the milk again. For someone else, it might be like, oh, my, my dad always used to forget the milk and he, you know, was abusive and cheated and left my mom and abused us as a kid. Now, that piece around forgetting the milk is actually bringing up a much deeper experience for that person. Now, this is of course just a hypothetical example, but what's the lesson here is to remember that trust is very relative. And this is why it's so subtle and so nuanced and why I think it's such an important conversation for anyone who's in relationship to have. And I'm really excited to have that conversation with you today. So let's jump right in to this delicate and essential process. 
The first tip that I have for creating trust in relationships is open communication. So we want to be open and honest with each other. And this means truly sharing your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences with your partner and encouraging them to do the same. So I know for myself and for many men or the masculine in general, expression is, is less available. For the feminine, the feminine craves expression, right? She always wants to express, express and express. And so more feelings, more thoughts, there's, there's lots more um, happening and women tend to be better at, at sharing with e each other. Um, there's a, a beautiful rewriting of that for, for men and for men's group, which uh, I'll talk about in a, in a later episode um, about the, the power of men coming together but and, and having a space to share. But what I think is really important to remember is that for some people, it's easier to share. For some people, it's harder to share. And it's important, regardless of if it's easier, if it's hard, that we are sharing. And sometimes, at least for me, I notice my mind going into like, is it relevant to share? Is it logical? Does it make sense to share? And sometimes I think it doesn't matter. I don't need to share. I don't need to open up to my partner. But then I catch that and I decide to share anyway. And this is a really important piece to maintain open communication is being able to continuously share. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Loa and I are considering having kids at this time. And we're really in that process of opening that chapter up and considering you know what it's like to be parents and what fatherhood and motherhood is going to look like and you know one of the big pieces with that is loa you know really wanting to dedicate lots of time and energy to being a mother and me wanting to support that and at the same time me having these thoughts of a little bit of, of fear of you know what that means for me as a man, as a provider, having to then provide for both of us and, and actually all three of us at that point. And this is a, a delicate piece for me because in conversations that we've had, uh, it's come up that, you know, of course she'll take lots of time off and her whole attention will be on motherhood. And at the same time, there's the consideration of, you know, okay, what do we do to provide still through that period of time, which isn't just the nine months that she's pregnant, but also the first year after pregnancy and likely many years after that. What does that look like financially for us? And as of right now, we've had a few conversations about, about what it would be like to be in that chapter of parenthood, but I haven't quite voiced this, this deeper feeling that I'm experiencing, which is a little bit of, okay, now I've got to step some things up with my business. Okay, now I've got to consider what it's like to, uh, you know, have more, more time and attention on the business while simultaneously figuring out how to, uh, you know, 
pay more attention to this, this new life, this child that we'll be bringing into the world. And so it's important for me today when Lo and I catch up, we're in, we're in different cities right now, in different countries actually, it's important for me to voice this, just to share. Actually, I'm feeling a little bit of a fear and anxiety around this experience of, you know, me having to provide for both of us for, for a time being. And so the reason that that's so important is so that I'm not in this alone, but actually we're in this together. And we have a really beautiful stream of open communication where all thoughts, all feelings, all experiences are welcome to be shared. And it doesn't mean that the other person has to do anything or fix it. Sometimes it just helps to, to share it. And I'll give you one more example of uh, experience that I had in sharing openly. I had it the other day when Lo and I were in Berlin together and I was feeling overwhelmed with the amount of chaos that the city of Berlin had, uh, particularly in the, in the area that we were staying. It was very interesting to, to say the least. And it was overwhelming for me. I, I like nature. I like seclusion. I like to be, you know, in really wide open spaces, in mountains or by the ocean. And the cities just aren't doing it for me. And I had this experience where, you know, I was feeling all of this overwhelm, but I was kind of just holding on to it myself. I was kind of lone wolfing it. And part of that was because I knew that Loa had a lot on at the time. I didn't want to, you know, just share all of this, this stuff with her and her have to fix it in some way. Uh, but one of the things that I did end up doing was saying, hey, babe, I've got a lot on my mind, a lot on my heart, and... I just need a space to, to share what's happening for me. And actually, can I have like five to 10 minutes to just complain with no suggestions, no fixing, no recommendations, nothing. I just, I just need to say this out loud. And she said, yeah, beautiful. And she sat and she just opened and, and she, she listened and I just complained for like 10 minutes and you know, afterwards it felt really great. And what we realized after that was actually it brought us closer together, not, not further apart. And the reason for that is because I wasn't going through this alone. We had open communication and she was open to receive what's happening and know that she doesn't have to take any of it on, but rather we can just have this, this clear channel between us. And that provides a lot of safety and she knows that she can always do the same as well. So that brings us to our second point. So number one, open communication. Number two is empathy and understanding. It's critical that we are able to show genuine care and support for our partner. And more specifically, our, our partner's feelings and experiences. So the practice of empathy, empathy being this thing that allows us to understand what our partner is, is feeling. And I wanna make a distinction here. It's not a meshment. So the distinction between a meshment and empathy is, a meshment is when we feel what someone else is feeling, 
but we're not sure of the boundary. We're not sure what is ours and what is theirs. We just kind of feel everything and it becomes this feeling soup. That's enmeshment, right? We're, we're entangled in each other. Empathy is actually this experience of, I can feel what you're experiencing, but I know that that's yours and I know what's mine. And yet I can, I can experience it with you. I can, I can understand what that's like. And what this does is it creates connection. So empathy is one of these beautiful tools that we know through tons of the scientific literature that it, it is one foundational piece that, that creates connection. And so how do we do that? Well, we do it by stepping into our partner's shoes. So this means actually considering what is their experience really like right now? And a way that we can do that, that is one, helping us to understand what they're feeling, but two, helping them to feel validated in their experience is we can start a sentence off by saying, that must have felt, and then you pause, and you feel into how it must have felt for them. And when you do that, it gives you the opportunity to really see the world through their eyes, really understand, oh, okay, I understand how that, that must have hurt or how that must have been hard for you or how maybe even I had hurt you or how that must have been confusing or how joyful that experience was or how you know, that created sadness or whatever the experience is, we have the opportunity to say, oh, that's how that felt. And it really creates this really deep connection and trust because they know that you're not just playing your own game, but, but you're able to step outside of yourself and, and feel into what their experience is like too. So that's number two. Number three integrity. So integrity is the act of wholeness. It's saying that you'll do something and then following through with it. And this is really, really important for creating trust because our word is really the greatest way in which we can build trust is saying we'll do something and then following through with it. And you know, our relationships of all kinds, our relationship to our loving partner, our relationship to sleep, our relationship to food, our relationship to exercise, our relationship to money, our relationship to business, all of our relationships are built on integrity. And all of our relationships need to be whole. And what I mean by that is if we say we'll do something and then we don't follow through with it, we've, we've crumbled a little piece of the structure in which we've created a relationship to that thing. And if we start to crumble the structure, you can imagine uh, a building with five pillars holding it up. If you, if you take away one of those pillars, then it, it, it loses its integrity, right? And so what's important to do is that if we break integrity, we restore it. 
right? Because here's the thing, you know, when you live in integrity, your life changes dramatically. When you, when you say you do something and you do it, just watch how dramatically your life changes. And this is for anything, for the business, the sleep, the relationships, the, all of it. And we're human. And I have not met a human yet that is 100% in integrity all the time. And so this is just, this is the truth of the matter is we all break integrity at times. And what that requires for us to restore that integrity is to, is to fix that, right? Is to say, I am out of integrity to like really just own that, you know, I'm, I'm out of integrity. And now what's required of me is to fix that. And so you can imagine, you know, if you had the five pillars holding up a structure and one of those pillars breaks, the structure is not going to completely fall over, although, you know, it's going to be less stable. Now, what we can do is we can start to repair that pillar, right? We can repair that relationship. The way that we can do that is firstly, we have to admit I'm out of integrity here. And then we can step into how being out of integrity has affected the other person involved and how it's affected you who's, who's involved. So it might sound like this. If I forgot to pick up the milk that I agreed to, to get from the grocery store, I might say, I totally said that I was going to get the milk and I completely missed it. Um, that probably left you feeling angry, upset, confused. And for me, it leaves me feeling out of integrity. I feel like uh, I've, I've let you down and that's probably affected our relationship. So I've just named what's happened and how it's affected everyone involved. The next step is to provide a path forward, meaning Next time I go to get the milk, I will make sure that I write it on a list and I have that piece of paper with me so that next time I go to the grocery store, this won't happen again. So I've provided a solution, right? I've really repaired that pillar. And this is a really important piece to integrity because we all break integrity at times. It's not so much about always being in integrity, although that is very helpful, but it's really about repairing the integrity when it's broken. What that does by default is it trains us to actually be in integrity more because here's the thing. No one likes to apologize. <laughs> like it's, it's, it takes a lot of like softening. It, it takes a hit to the ego to, to really apologize. So the, if you start to restore integrity every time you're out of integrity, you will start to learn that actually, it's actually easier for me and saves a lot more energy if I just am in integrity more often. So it kind of just happens like that, but we got to start with the repair of integrity. And this provides lots of reassurance for our partner, for them to hear and understand that, you know, we know how we've affected the world through being out of integrity and we've provided a path forward. We've promised for a new way in the future. That's, that's really meaningful for our partners. Number four is respecting boundaries. And this is a really important piece for us to start to honor not only our partner's boundaries, but our own boundaries in a really beautiful way. And when we start to honor ourselves, you know, being clear about what we're saying yes and what we're saying no to, being clear that 
the part of me that is feeling into my heart can say yes or no, right? The, the part of, of me that really truly wants to do something or really truly doesn't want to do something is able to speak. And I'll give you an example of that. At some point in the last two months, Loa was prepping, was prepping for her tour in Germany and the original plan was I was going to come with her and I was going to see all of Germany and it was going to be great. Um, when I looked further into my own being, I realized that it didn't make sense for me to join for the, the tour. It wasn't something that I actually wanted to, to do because I knew we'd be traveling a lot, we'd be on the road, Loa would be sharing her medicine. I would be sharing mine in, in a slightly different way. And at that point in my life, it made more sense for me to feel more grounded, uh, to stay in Australia and to, to not come with her to Germany. And so that was a big choice that I had to say, hey, babe, actually, you know, I know you're going on tour for two months. I'm. I'm not ready to go. I, I don't I don't want to go. And this is something that I had to, to really look into my heart for, right? To really be clear about that wasn't a desire of mine. And even though that meant that we would be apart for two months, I knew that that was right for me. Now, Loa, of course, had a, a, an experience when I had shared that, it came as a surprise to her. There was some sadness and there was also a lot of acceptance, right? There's the acceptance of, I, I hear you. I, I hear that this is your choice, your desire, and I want to respect that. And that creates a lot of trust within each other for the safety for us to continue to speak our heart's deepest truth. Hello, you beautiful souls. Thank you for listening to the Embodied Relationship Podcast with Brady Mack. I want to introduce to you a program for those of you who are in relationship, who are potentially married or just in a longer term relationship and might be feeling stuck or uncertain or simply craving more intimacy in your long term relationship. The program that I would love to introduce to you is my signature program, which is the Embodied Relationship Council. And this is a journey where you get to embark on opening the heart and exploring the power of mindfulness, emotional healing, as well as the science of lasting connection. And it's not just about the spark, it's about creating conscious love that evolves over time and actually thrives with more time together. And so this is a, a space for a conversation for you and your partner to come together and to experience what it's like to grow together in love and understand the warm, loving embrace of each other's souls through the joys through the challenges, we learn how to overcome all of this through conscious love. So if you're craving a love that really feels like home, 
a connection that nourishes your heart, I implore you to check out Embodied Relationship Council. And let's deep dive into your soul's growth, your soul's liberation, and the magic of conscious love together. If you're interested in joining the Embodied Relationship Council, click the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing your application come in. Peace and love, everybody.